your West Philly community radio station. In the last three decades, the prison population in Pennsylvania has risen by 600%, while violent crime has stayed put or gone down. Politicians, prosecutors, and police targeted low-income communities of color, stopping, harassing, and arresting our neighbors, and leaving whole generations with criminal records. Enough is enough. Incarcerate PA is a coalition of individuals and organizations working to put an end to the damaging system we call mass incarceration. And our three-point platform outlines how we aim to get there. First, we say, no new prison. That means canceling the $450 million construction of Greaterford and passing a moratorium against future prison projects. New prisons waste our resources and help cause the future they claim to prepare for. The 19 new prisons built in the last 33 years haven't made us safer. They've just allowed us to continue in the wrong direction. Second, we call for decarceration itself. That means reversing the policies of mass incarceration and reducing the prison population. We can't stop building prisons and keep the failed laws and policies that filled them to begin with. Mandatory minimums must go. Everyone should be eligible for parole. People with substance abuse problems should get treatment not jail time. Mass incarceration is a product of bad laws, and we need to change them. Finally, we understand that the real problems in our communities can't be ignored. That's why the third point of our platform calls for community reinvestment. We want the money being wasted on prisons to be reinvested in schools, health care, social services, job training classes, and addiction treatment programs. These are the things that actually make our community safer, and it's time we made them our priority. Our platform is a plan, but our strength is in the thousands of people all across the state and country who are standing up against a broken, oppressive system. Join us every Saturday from noon to one to hear how they're working to create a world without prisons. Welcome to the Carceray PA Radio, a production of the Carceray PA. You're listening to WPV 88.1 FM, West Philadelphia Community Radio. And today we have a really special show um, with um, a recording from a presentation the New Century Movement did at, at the general meeting at the Carceray PA. Um, and um, we're basically going to be talking today about uh, the hearing that's going to be happening tomorrow. So I'm just going to read a little bit uh, for those ones that don't really know. There's going to be a, um, a hearing and ice holds to basically... Um, stop uh, the collaboration between police and ICE. Um, so tomorrow, tomorrow at 10.30, uh, Philadelphia City Council will hold a public hearing on the impact of the collaboration between the Philadelphia Police Department and Immigration and Custom Enforcement, ICE. The toxic relationship between local police and federal deportation agents has resulted in the unjust deportation of hundreds of people out of Philadelphia. Come to the public hearing sponsored by City Council's Public Safety Committee to demand that Philadelphia stop complying with all ice holds requests and show your support for an end to mass deportation in Philadelphia. The Philadelphia Family Unity Network is a citywide community-led coalition, and we're asking the city of Philadelphia to stop honoring ice holds, which are requests from ICE to Philadelphia law enforcement to hold someone who should otherwise be released. Holds are issued solely because of immigration status, are no criminal warrants, and are not reviewed by a judge before they're issued. This violates our community's due process and our human rights, increase racial profiling, waste precious city dollars, decrease public safety, and traumatize families and communities. So tomorrow, for those ones that want to show some support, um, the, the hearing will be happening again 10.30 to 12.30 at City Hall and the fourth floor at room 401. Um, and there will be also a march from uh, 9th Street and Washington at 9.30 that is organizing also uh, Juntos. Um, so once again, for those ones, um, it will be really, really appreciated to show your support. Remember tomorrow, 10.30 at City Hall, fourth floor, room 401. 
Um, and now I'm just gonna uh, leave you with this uh, recording that we did from this presentation the new century did at the general meeting at the Carcer APA where they're actually explaining in a workshop what are these um, uh, collaboration between ICE and the police in Philadelphia means and, and, and they will explain the campaign uh, where they are asking um, the police uh, to stop this collaboration so remember, um, you can find more information about this at the carcerapa.info. Um, and I'm going to lead you with this audio and we're listening to um, um, uh, Blanca Pacheco from New Century Movement uh, and explaining their campaign. So as I said at the beginning, my name is Blanca Pacheco and I'm the community organizer in New Century Movement. Uh, and we are an, uh, an interfaith immigrant rights organization and we organize in different congregations around the city of Philadelphia um, to end injustices, injustices against the immigrant community. And uh, one of the things that we are working right now is to end uh, dep deportation by ending ice holes in the city of Philadelphia. And I will explain why, what ice holes are in a minute. Um, we are now also working with different organizations around the city, uh, organizations that are also working with immigrant communities, and uh, we are recruiting other organizations too to support our campaign. Uh, we're working together with One Love Movement, we're working with the Juntos, we're working with um, uh, uh, MMP, uh, we're working with PIC, we're working with um, Victims, Witness Victims and Witness. Uh, and, uh, and attorneys, around, uh, lawyers around the city. Hi, yes, Pennsylvania is working with us too. Uh, so what are ICE holes? Um, ICE holes are um, requests that the um, Immigration uh, and Customs Enforcement uh, asks the um, local law enforcement or local jails to hold people who otherwise will be released. Uh, the hold happens for 48, 48 hours, so immigration can come and pick them up to put them in, in deportation proceedings. These ice holes are non-mandatory. The city does not have to comply. Um, and these ice holes can be issued at any point uh, of um, what, when a person is detained. It could be issued when this person is arrested. It could be issued when this person is um, for going for a parole. Uh, while the sentence, while they're incarcerated, uh, this, they can get the ice holes. Um, so if they're ready to be released, um, then they would put an ice hole so they don't release the person to put them in deportation proceedings. Um, one of the things that is important to know is that um, this, what we're trying to do is separate the immigration uh, part, the immigration, the federal part, from local uh, justice system. Uh, because we, we think that um, putting a person in deportation, it's double punishment. And we believe that people deserve second chances um, in um, we are we are okay for people going through the through the um, criminal system, but not uh, double punishing these people and deporting and separating families uh, in separating families. Um, so sure. I don't know you had something. So so the deportation machine is a whole mess, and our graphic might look confusing, but I think that this actually will hopefully aid visual learners in understanding. Philadelphia participates in at least four mass deportation programs that work together in various ways to deport people um, who have served jail and prison time, double punishing them, or de also to deport people who have not been convicted or charged of, um, of a crime. So it's impossible at this point to end all deportation programs. Um, some of those, the programs that Philadelphia participates in are federally mandated and only President Obama has the executive authority to end that. So our campaign is, um, is which we've been working on since 2009, is focused on um, ending this non-mandatory transfer process from local law enforcement, whether or not that person has been convicted, um, and then they're sent into deportation proceedings. So I'll knock on wood before I said this, but we're actually winning our campaign right now. If people have seen the um, media, uh, Mayor Nutter has written a new executive order that would block most deportations out of Philadelphia. However, big however, particularly for this group, it would not block ice holds for people with first and second degree felony charges. So we held a big press conference in city council with four of our allies from city council last Thursday and have rejected that um, we're kind of in de facto negotiations. He's refusing to actually meet with us. 
That's awesome. Um, but um, <laughs> we're re rejecting the policy that would allow for the continued deportation of people with um, charges or convictions, regardless of, uh, of what those are. Um, so now we're, um, oh, and the big, the big thing that I'll have you keep in mind throughout this is on, on this coming Monday in, oh my gosh, seven days, is um, a city council hearing on what is called police ICE collaboration, which is how federal immigration of deportation officials are working with local and state law enforcement to um, deport people out of our city. Um, so, can we have three volunteers? Blanca is going to be Mayor Nutter, and I need someone to be a non-citizen of the United States, someone to be a police officer, and someone to be a federal deportation officer, um, which is Immigration and Customs Enforcement, which is the deportation wing of the Department of Homeland Security. So, can I have three people who feel excited about that? Okay. Okay, one, two, three. And please raise your hand and ask a question at any time. These programs are really, really complicated, and I think they do that to keep people in the dark and keep people divided. Um, so please ask clarifying questions whenever. So can our three volunteers come up? So Blanca's Mayor Nutter. Is someone excited about being a non-citizen? Okay, we have a, a non-citizen over here. Someone excited about being ICE? <laughs> so you can either be the you can be the police or you can be deportation. Insofar as the, those are different things in this case, you can be ICE. You can be the police. Okay, so you're going to be over here, and you're representing your ICE, and you're representing York County Prison or Burke's Prison, um, York, which is obviously a. Uh, prison for a general population also holds the most people who are slated for deportation in the entire northeastern United States. Um, awesome, Pennsylvania. And you are police, and you're in Philadelphia, over here, out in CFCF on State Road. Okay, and Blanca is going to be over here, Marinetta, passive Marinetta. Okay. So, and if you're a, if you're a visual learner or not an auditory processor somehow, you can also um, follow along on our map as we take our non-citizen, show how our non-citizen goes through deportation, and then we're going to show how our campaign, which hopefully is wrapping up, um, or it would appear to be wrapping up, um, how that would block the deportation of our non-citizen. Okay, so we have our non-citizen over here, and this can be someone who is in a lot of different categories. This could be someone who's undocumented, who came to the United States without papers. This could be someone who's a refugee who came to the United States or an asylum seeker. Um, or someone who is undocumented and is a survivor of interpersonal violence and has applied for asylum and has been turned down. Anybody who's a non-citizen from refugee having been here for 40 years and not having attained citizenship to undocumented person who crossed the border and has had no interaction with um, the FBI or with ICE, with deportation agents, is eligible for deportation. An undocumented person is eligible for deportation simply for being here. Um, it's, it's a felony to cross the border. Um, and as someone who um, does have a level of legal status has violated their legal sta their legal status um, and is therefore eligible for deportation if they have been charged or convicted of a crime. So what's happening right now, we normally do this in like several different rounds, but I'll just, our, our non-citizen here, let's say that she is both a, a refugee who, for instance, came to the United States from Cambodia when she was two years old, got caught up in a gang, served 15 years for, um, uh, accessory to homicide, um, or is an undocumented person and has had um, no interaction with the police or any gambit in between. So she, for whatever reason, be it driving without a license or having been charged with a crime, comes into PPD custody, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll ask you to maybe act it out so I don't need to be like too, maybe not everyone's okay with touching so um, so 
So our non-citizen, for any number of reasons, with any number of legal statuses other than citizenship, is now in local precinct custody in the local precincts, or is being or is on State Road at CFCF, the local jail. Gets arrested. She's arrested. Ice <laughs> through two different information share agreements, which our campaign does not does not ad address because this is uh, those are different programs. Unfortunately, next steps um, has direct access to all of PPD, all of the local law enforcement's data. Right. Ooh. So she identifies that there's a non-citizen in local police or jail custody. She issues what's called, so she picks up the phone, she sees on two different um, information share databases, she picks up the phone, she calls her buddies at the, in the local police and says, hey, you have um, Mary, a non-citizen, in your custody. I'm issuing an ice hold. Police say, great. With Philadelphia taxpayer money, an ice hold is placed on Mary's head. And she is in local, she will be held in local custody for 48 hours without seeing a lawyer, without calling a family member. She's immediately transferred. She's held for 48 hours, excluding um, weekends and federal holidays. So don't get detained if you're a non-citizen on a Friday before a long weekend, um, or you'll be in, in jail without charges and without access to a lawyer until Wednesday. Um, and that, that's what the ice hold is. And because Mayor Nutter over here has allowed for this to happen, using um, not reimbursed Philadelphia taxpayer money, our non-citizen is taken to federal custody and is immediately um, put into deportation proceedings. She might be released with an ankle bracelet to then be deported in six months. She may go to York Prison and be held for months or even years before being deported back to her home country. Her children, if they don't have another um, parent or guardian, are placed into foster care. Maybe just to add, uh, while the data sharing is shared, there's a, a, a lot of racial, racial profiling happening because what ICE does, it just sees people by uh, last name. And if, she, if her na last name is Martinez or something that looks foreign, foreigner, then that way they will think she might be undocumented, so we're going to place an ice hole. And it has happened that they have put ice holes to Puerto Ricans who are citizens. Una pierna que respiran, veneno de serpiente, por el camino del viento, voy soplando aguardiente. El día había comenzado entusiasmado y alegre. Dice, <risa> pasaporte. ¿Dónde va por ahí, Juninario? Con esa noche tan fea. ¿Usted no se anima? Mire cómo está el camino. Ah, negadito. No, hombre, compa. El camino es lo de menos. Lo importante es llegar. Tengo tu antídoto. Para que no tiene identidad. Somos idénticos. Para que sin avisar. Tengo tranquilito. Para lo que ya no están. Para lo que están. Y lo que vienen. Tengo tu antídoto. sin rumbo, la energía negativa yo la derrumbo con mis pezuñas de cordero me propuse a recorrer el continente entero sin brújula, sin tiempo, sin agenda inspirado por las leyendas por historias empaquetadas en lata por los cuentos que la luna relata aprendí a caminar sin mapa a irme de caminata sin comodidades, sin lujo protegido por los santos y los brujos aprendí a escribir 
lápices en mi libreta Y con un mismo idioma sacudir todo el planeta Aprendí que mi pueblo todavía reza Porque las autoridades y la realeza Todavía se mueven por debajo de la mesa Aprendí a tragarme la depresión con cerveza Mi patrono yo lo escupo desde las montañas Y con mi propia saliva enveneno su champaña Enveneno su champaña Sonrisa, yo veo una guerrilla, una aventura, un movimiento. Tu lenguaje, tu acento, yo quiero descubrir lo que ya estaba descubierto. Ser un emigrante, ese es mi deporte. Hoy me voy para el norte, sin pasaporte, sin transporte. A pie con las patas, pero no importa, este hombre se hidrata. Con lo que retratan mis pupilas, cargo con un par de paisajes en mi mochila. Cargo con vitamina de clorofila, cargo con un rosario que me vigila. Sueño con cruzar el meridiano. Resbalando por las cuerdas del 4 de Aureliano Y llegarle tempranito, temprano a la orilla Por el desierto con los pies a la parrilla Vamos por debajo de la tierra como las ardillas Yo voy a cruzar la muralla Yo soy un intruso con identidad de recluso Y por eso me convierto en buzo Y buceo por debajo de la tierra Pa' que no me vean los guardias y los perros no me huelan Abuela no se preocupe que en mi cuello cuelga la Virgen de la Guadalupe Sea como un llamado de voluntad y esperanza para todos, 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 todos. Welcome back to the Carcerae PA Radio. We're listening a recording on the presentation the New Century Movement did at the Carcerae PA General Meeting. And where we're going to be talking about the collaboration between uh, police and ICE. And uh, remember, tomorrow there will be a city hearing. And uh, this will be happening on City Hall, on uh, fourth floor, room uh, 401. It will be a hearing on the end of ICE Holds. So for those ones that want to support, it will be really appreciated. Remember, uh, tomorrow 10.30 a.m., City Hall, fourth floor, uh, room 401. Remember, you're listening also on WPB 88.1 FM. And let's go back to this uh, uh, Q&A of the presentation around uh, police and ICE collaboration. ICE has access to two da databases that share information, both biometric data like fingerprints, as well as um, names and country of origin of people who are being held in PPD custody. However, we anecdotally know from officers who work in precincts, if they suspect that someone is potentially deportable, Allah like doesn't have an Anglo name and has a country of origin that's not the United States. They'll call their buddies in ICE and say, "I have someone who maybe you can, who maybe you want." So that that is functioning both ways. And as such, then the pol the Philadelphia police have become a wing of federal deportation on Philadelphia taxpayer dime. None of this is reimbursed. Not that it would be okay if it was, but just to kind of point out the financial discrepancy as well. 
Um, ICE has the ACLU, our friend here is at the ACLU, ACLU National um, has found that ICE has deportation quotas tied to um, their promotions and are given Macy's gift cards when they, um, <laughs> when they detain a certain number of people. The local police now, they are not getting any reimbursement. They don't right? get Macy's. Yeah. No, they don't get Macy's cards. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're not reimbursed in any way, and our understanding is, so the police, so law enforcement at a variety of, like, from hyper-local to international levels, um, collaborate with each other. So our understanding of the original, like, um, signing of some of these information share agreements is that... Um, is that they're like, you're law enforcement, we're law enforcement, let's work together. And it wasn't actually particularly thought through, but now it's codified and is really bad. Um, so like, on the federal end, is there like, does it like scan the, the sort of, I don't know, report? Or is there some sort of report that gets generated? I'm sorry if I missed that. Or do they have to go in manually and they're only alerted through like police tip-offs? Um, there's two different, so it's highlighted here. Um, our campaign does not address that because those programs, because there's two different information uh, information share agreements. One is Secure Communities, which shares the biometric information of people uh -huh. in local custody, like fingerprints, with ICE and FBI to identify people who are in local custody who are deportable. So that means that um, non-citizens who are in... Um, PPD custody if they have had a previous encounter for whatever reason with the FBI or the or ICE, be that they were deported and re-entered, or they have um, like an outstanding criminal warrant, or they applied for asylum and were denied, they would get pinged in, in the Secure Communities Program, which is federally mandated and we can't opt out of it. And that's, um, that's on President Obama. Um, the second is, um, which is a license that we can opt out of, and thus far um, we've been working simultaneously on that campaign, and so far it has been, um, we've seen much more movement with ice vaults. Um, that shares the entire PPD database, which is called PARS, the Preliminary Arraignment mm -hmm. System. So if any of, you, any of you have ever been in police custody, your information is in PARS. It's not immigration specific, but it highlights your name and country of origin, your biographical information, name and country of origin, as well as um, charges or convictions. So through an additional um, licensing sh information share agreement, um, ICE has access to that PARS database. Um, so if you are a non-citizen who has not had a previous encounter with ICE or the FBI, such that your finger, your biometric information is not in the Secure Communities Program, you would also be caught, so to speak, under the PARS license. So Philly actually takes it a step further than most localities in terms of identifying people, our community member, our non-citizen community members who can be deported. So one of the things that blocking ice holes will block kind of both secure communities and PARS. Um, there, there is a concern that uh, they will still be seeing the PARS database and that ice might ca start coming to people's houses. So um, we have, it, it has happened in, in other places that immigration starts like doing raids and things like that, but uh, then we will have to organize something else. But uh, blocking ice holes will block both secure communities and PARS. Or it won't block the access to that information. What we're going to do in the second role play is show how our campaign seeks to would halt the transfer from local custody to federal custody for deportation of people both who have not been convicted of any crime as well as people who have served jail time in um, Philadelphia. Because what's happening right now is people serve jail or prison time Right, they've been rehabilitated, deserve a second chance, all of these things, and then are deported directly out of jail or prison. Um, never go home, never say goodbye to their families, are deported directly from CFCF, York, deportation custody is federal, so they could be sent, per people are perfectly sent, for instance, from Philly to Washington State, so you'll never see your family again before you're deported to Mexico, Cambodia, <laughs> Sierra Leone, wherever. Um, correct me if I'm mistaken, but I think one thing, one reason why the ice holds are, are good for ice, good for the feds, is that 
getting people who are already in police custody or already in jail custody and then initiating deportation proceedings of them and detaining them is much, much cheaper than going out and actually arresting right. someone who may be on their list. So this kind of this all what this ice hold uh, setup is is for is to just make it much much cheaper to do mass deportation for the federal government. Not that they couldn't, as you were saying, start doing raids and start mm -hmm. going to people's mm -hmm. houses and arresting them, and that that could be something we see next. But that's much more expensive. And right. when when the when ICE is thinking about the cost of what they're doing, this is a way to, to do mass deportation very cheaply. Mm -hmm. And right now, Philly is helping. And it that. it's not. It also shifts the burden of actually carrying out those deportations from federal agents to local Philadelphia police. So right now, one of the jobs of the Philadelphia police is to find people to deport them. People who have been convicted or people who have not. I mean, to us it doesn't matter. Nobody should be deported and should have the second chance. If they have been convicted and served time, they should have the second chance to return to their home. To be clear on what our campaign is asking, we're asking to block that, that non-mandatory request so that when I says, hey, you've got Maria, Philadelphia says no. However, because of, I'm sure you've all done a lot of work around this, but um, Mayor Nutter only has um, jurisdiction over Philadelphia County, so this would only protect people who have been convicted for those who have served two years or less, because if people serve longer sentences, then they're, um, being, they're not being held in Philadelphia. So, need for a statewide campaign, but that's next. <laughs> What is the incentive for the city to say no? So, um, so right now they're saying they have a needle in the haystack around public safety that we're pushing really hard back against. And they say, well, like, why wouldn't we want to deport a dangerous criminal in our midst? So that's, the, that's where we're hoping decarcerate um, can help. Um, when we're working hard to kind of change the discourse that of second chances and rehabilitation and keeping communities whole and families together. So they're saying they would, they're willing to stop honoring ice holds, but not with people with first and second degree felony charges and are using broader bias around populations with criminal, with relationships to the criminal legal system um, to justify continued deportation. So, boo. <laughs> Um, my memory is kind of fuzzy on this, but I f feel like I had heard that the county jails, the county police, were also making money off contracts with ICE. Um, is, so is that another incentive that they would have to keep on these assholes? Yeah. The only contract they have is the PARS database, but there's that's not much money. It's only $5,600 um, per year. So that's not much money. They are, they are spending more money by uh, holding people for 48 hours. You know, men um, work. Uh, the police have to do more work. And they could be focusing in another, in another area. So they are spending more than they are actually getting it. But it is certainly true that nationwide, these mass deportation policies are written, are a wing of mass deportation. And they're written by the same private, pris private prison companies that have written mass deportation, mass incarceration rules. For instance, uh, the GEO Group, which is a private prison company based in Florida, wrote Arizona's anti-immigrant hate law, SB 1070, that's kind of the most vitriolic in the country and it has seen copycat bills. So those same private enterprises that are benefiting from building more prisons are benefiting from, you know, it's the same feds, are benefiting from more deportation policies. And for instance, the GEO Group has successfully lobbied U.S. Congress to have a minimum bed mandate for Congress for a daily mandate of uh, 34,000 beds have to be filled for people who are slated to be deported. And that's how this kind of like efficacy of um, private industry benefiting from mass deportation and shifting like the burden, so to speak, of actually enacting those deportations onto localities is what has made 1,100 people being deported out of the United States every day, or two million people deported in the past, under Obama's administration in the past five years. So, that sucks. Sorry to agree. Um, what is, like, intrinsically or, like, necessarily bad about police officers also acting as ICE officers? I can, like, imagine, but I just, I'm just curious. 
Well, it's, it's bad because uh, like the, the immigrant community doesn't trust uh, the police anymore. Like if they see a crime, they will not call the police. If they are victims of crime, even though now victims are out of that database, but they will not call the police. So, like if someone is a victim of domestic violence, they will want to call and ask for help for that area. But they know that this person, who perhaps is the breadwinner of the house, they will be deported. Or themselves sometimes, because there's a confusion of a language issue sometimes. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a public safety issue. Um, and we also fundamentally don't believe in deportation for anyone ever. So any um, agency working to deport, where the destruction of families also like uh, they're like a mixed mixed status families. There are parents who have citizen kids or or wives that have uh, that are citizens and uh, their husbands are being deported. And the the harm that is caused to to the children to their families, um, there are children who end up in foster care having their parents who can take care of them. As well as just the emotional trauma on the individual, the family, and the community of having a, being separated from a parent, be it through more traditional, if I can say that, incarceration, or via deportation and separation that way. I think also, like you were mentioning last time, um, is that um, this collaboration, it kind of like allows to this to be happening away from, you know, like public awareness, you know, because the person can be detained when they're driving, you know, or like, you know, any time when a person gets detained, you know, I don't know if you're like trespassing, you know, different minor, you know, things that you will imagine. But then when that person gets detained, then right away it's like being put on hold. Um, and this campaign, you know, although it's, it's probably not going to be stopping the deportations that are happening, but uh, it, it will force them to be more, um, you know, like visible and aggressive probably, which is probably not great, you know, but when a, a raid happen in a community, it's more, you know, it's more open, it's more obvious, you know, they're targeting that community that this is kind of like targeting people in the shadows, you know, when they're just speaking like people from like racial profiling, you know, and this collaboration mm -hmm. is it's <coughs> allowing to this to happen just in the shadows. And it's just kind of like, you know, really uh, with this, you know, like targeting, you know, like those criminals, you know, and dividing the community also from being saying who has the right to stay here, you know, who has a, you know, like who is a person of a good uh, moral, you know, and all those divisions there, and then separating all our communities. And to kind of piggyback on that, our coalition, which is called the Philadelphia Family Unity Network, um, has done like very intensive work around taking out innocence language of what we're doing. Like we're not here for all of the hardworking innocent families who aren't criminals, who aren't terrorists, who haven't done anything. Like we're, we want to stop the deportation process for anybody regardless of, of conviction. So I just think kind of from a values perspective and a language perspective, um, that's something that's really important to us and why we don't want to divide community and why we're not taking Mayor Nutter's offer um, as it currently stands. As what kind of um, strategies and tactics are you using to get you know, Nutter to, to listen? Like, you know, it's, I mean, there's that question of why should he care at all? Um, and like, which is you know, from his perspective, like what he would ask. So like, you know, how are you is it like grassroots support? Are you targeting city council? Like, how are you? Like, what's the campaign? Hmm. Right now, we are we um we thought at the beginning that we would be working with the new office of uh, multicultural affairs, Moema, is how they call. Uh, but then uh, that didn't work that well, and we are like targeting. Uh, I mean, we are working with city council to put pressure uh, on the mayor. That's why we are having this um, hearing on March the third at 1 p.m. in city, city Council to, to put out our, the language that we wanted to include, to, put, to draft our own ex executive order, um, so to keep put, put pressure, pressure on, on him. So media has been a, a really good tactic to like, put out the messaging we want we wanna people to see and, and kind of attack what uh, they keep saying. You know, we're deporting criminals, uh, and that's what we're doing, so we are like, bringing light to that's not actually the reality and even if they did commit a crime we don't want them to be deported so 
Yeah, and I mean, we're a, so New Sanctuary Movement is a grassroots organization. We work with congregations of immigrants and their allies. Blanca is the organizer for immig the immigrant community, and I work with allies, which is what we call non uh, which we call citizens. Um, so we've been working on this um, since 2009. So we've done a lot of marches and rallies and letter writing. We fasted for 40 days last summer. We've done a lot of uh, youth work highlighting the impact of, and it, some decarcerate members have come to all of that stuff, so that has been great. Um, you know, we've gone to City Hall with 30 kids under the age of 10, all of whom have parents in deportation, um, done a lot of education and leadership development with immigrants. Um, and their allies. We walk with families who are facing deportation to build the kind of mutual transformational relationships that are needed to transform policy. Specifically right now we're really leveraging how much City Council and the Mayor's Office don't get along. Um, so we have some really, um, which has been great, uh, yeah. <laughs> according to me. Um, we are working with Councilman Kenny, Kenyona Sanchez, Blackwell, Jones, Reynolds Brown, primarily, um, who are city council in December mm -hmm. unanimously passed our resolution to hold hearings, and we are this week finishing our ideal executive order with the lawyers from council, um, which is crazy. So a lot of um, kind of inside and outside <laughs> tactics, but we are a grassroots organization that's led by um, our community is primarily undocumented. and led by our undocumented leaders. Um, I just, next Monday at the hearing, the best, I'm trying to imagine the best case scenario being the city council puts his foot down and says no more collaboration. Um, after that, what's, what, how do you see um, the, that communication being broken down? And just, like, is there some oversight? So it's actually, um, the best case scenario is that city council becomes more of an ally, but they actually don't have the legislative power to actually change that. Um, so the best case scenario for Monday is the resolution that we've written with them come, is unanimously passed, and we get a lot of press, and there's even more of a build-up. Um, I ran into Mayor Nutter at City Hall when we were doing like lobby visits, and he looked pissed. We all started berating him for, <laughs> and all these holds for all. Um, Band scanned. Yeah. Um, so ideally, it just builds on Monday because council doesn't have the possibility for that. We want to be invited to the table. We've been shut out. Um, so we want to be at the negotiating table with him and collaborate to write a new policy. So, so I'll go to Nutter then? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. only city council, Philadelphia City Council Charter is very narrow, um, such that they don't have the legislative power to actually limit uh, our relationship with ICE. But I think on what you guys were saying, for instance, New Orleans, there's 17 localities that have ended ICE holds throughout the U.S. What we're seeing in New Orleans, which passed an awesome policy, really, really great, um, in last August. Um, is that ICE is doing a lot more um, home raids because they still have those quotas. So I think a lot of what we'll be doing after we win is um, implementation and make sure that those in there aren't increased home raids or neighborhood raids, which would obviously be devastating. And we also need to end another piece of our um, executive order um, would end ICE officers currently have direct access to local jails where they're like posing as therapists or lawyers and are getting people to sign their own deportation orders. So we want to block ICE access. The executive order that we have written would block ICE access physically in the jails. So that implementation is a big question. So if anyone knows how to do that, let us know. I'm curious about whether um, city council's appropriation process could be like a, a backdoor into it. You said that they're not mm -hmm. reimbursed for any of this. Mm -hmm. Does city council have any control over like the, the purse strings in a way where they could use that to just defund it, if, even though it's still mm -hmm. like existed on the books? Yeah, the um, the we we have been thinking about that, but I don't think the numbers in Philadelphia are high enough to uh, to be able to do a budgetary issue. Um, 
like New York, for example, that there was thousands and thousands. Um, and also, we're concerned about the more public backlash around that. Philadelphia's, the, the PPD's budget isn't um, earmarked for specific programs, so it wouldn't be like earmarked only for ice holds. So if it was like, why are you denying our officers money to do their job in general? We think that there could be a political backlash against us. I think that the budgetary hearings are an opportunity to be asking a lot of those questions. Like, so PPD was over budget by $2 million because of overtime last year. Why are you do overtime when you're doing this job that's not even yours? So it's a chance to like put the heat, but um, we're concerned specifically about trying to take money away from them. Regardless of what your feelings on the PPD are, I think that that, that would get politically <coughs> dicey. Also, our coalition, there are groups that do work who, who represent um, victims and witnesses to crimes. Um, so they have a close relationship with the police. So we can't really just be like, F the police, because we're working with a, a wide diversity of people who want to be able to call the police when they're getting beaten up, for instance. So it's just kind of a coalition reality. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go back. So we have our non-citizen over here. So this is what our campaign is seeking to do and what we hope Decarcerate will support us in. We have our non-citizen over here. Maybe she's undocumented. Maybe she's a refugee. Maybe she committed a felony. Maybe she did not. Imagine her to have a lot of different identities at once. <laughs> for, for any number of reasons that you can imagine, is in PPD custody. She's arrested. ICE looks through these information share agreements, still continues to have access um, to that data because that is federally mandated, unfortunately. Ooh. Boo, federally mandated. <laughs> Calls the police and says, you have Mary in your custody, and we think that she is, she is deportable. She's a non-citizen. Will you hold her for 48, well, we're placing an ice hold. Will you hold her for us? We are requesting that you hold her for us for 48 hours, and then we're gonna come pick her up for deportation. In our ideal scenario, no, because I'm Mayor Natter, I'm signing the executive <laughs> order, so a nice house for all. And then, Sorry, it's an executive order. <laughs> and then Mary goes home back to her family and is not deported. If she doesn't have to pay for something she did, if she uh, has to be convicted or go through a criminal process, she will stay there for whatever time she has to be there. Unless you guys do your job and then you're the attitude. <laughs> <laughs> but, but after being convicted and serving time, she would return home. She would not serve a double punishment by then being sent back to her home country. I don't know if they responded to your question. Okay, okay good. <laughs> yeah. um, and just to, just to add one thing, in case folks aren't aware of this, that if you're convicted and you are convicted for a certain amount of time for felony, it doesn't matter even if you have you're not a citizen, as I said, and you may have documents, you may have legal status, and you can still be deported. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyone up to citizen. Yeah. You're a refugee who's been here forever, except for two years. And that's sort of been like a thing that Obama, my understanding, has stepped up a lot, is like, and has used that sort of to be like, well, while he's, you know, doing stuff around like the tree map and things like that, has sort of used deporting people's criminal convictions as like a, but I'm going to support, I'm going to deport like the real criminals, the real there's been a lot of division of who is deserving and who is undeserving, and who is undeserving in this setup <coughs> are people with criminal charges or convictions. Mm -hmm. And that has, in other cities, has successfully divided the immigrant rights community, very sadly and very unfortunately. Isn't it also like they can define felonies by like different, in different ways? Like I remember in our last training they were saying like, writing a bad check could yeah. be like yeah. considered. What immigration considers, like what a felony is considered in the criminal system in the state of immigration, to, it sees totally different. Like a, a fraudulent check would be a felony and a person could be deported for, for that. That's the show, yeah. So it's, it's a total different level, whatever it's, uh, it's light in the criminal system, for immigration it's worse. Yeah, so, so the felony, what is considered a felony by ICE is actually a much lower bar than our criminal system. So the first and second degree felonies 
they're called like level one and level two offender status, mm -hmm. would is actually <clears throat> cast a wider net of charges. Um, does it, are juveniles subject to this? Yes. Yes. Good question. So that's like a, a like a you know school to deportation pipeline um, happening to juveniles too. Right. So if you see a if an, if a non citizen kid. You know, we talk about school to prison pipeline. If a non-citizen kid goes through that system that we, I, I think a lot of people here know about, to be put into jail, um, they're deported in this in, for non-citizens. And what about their families? They're just... Bye. I've been in deportation court, which is here, is federal courthouse at 9th and Market, and seen 15-year-olds be deported without lawyers. I work with young people who are tried as adults, and my understanding is that if, if somebody has legal status, then they can't be deported if they go through the juvenile system, but if they go through the adult system, then they can be deported. Yeah, the yeah. And it all depends what the charges are, too. Like, it's, it, Im the immigration, it's really complicated and, and worse than the criminal system. So. Are there other questions about these programs or what our campaign seeks to do? It's a first step, and unfortunately, um, some of these programs are happening at the federal level. So we are really in the national, like nationally, ending these ice hold requests is really what the immigrant justice community is doing to block, to try to block the deportation process. It does not end all mass deportation because that is kind of is dictated nationally at this point. Um, and also lean. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, what, what can people in this room do if they want to help with this campaign? My favorite question. Yay. <laughs> so we're asking to see if uh, the Cars Raid will sign on to our campaign, to be part of our campaign. Uh, and there's like different uh, things that, uh, that uh, you can do and maybe in the Cars Raid can discuss what is the level of um, engagement <coughs> that the group can have. It could be uh, coming to a core group meetings, which we are having with uh, like seven groups right now. Um, the meetings right now are happening like every week or t sometimes twice a week mm -hmm. be because of these hearings, but then usually it was like once every two weeks. Uh, it depends what, what's happening. Or it could be, um, you know, uh, letting us use the name um, of the carcerate saying you support our campaign, signing on to the campaign. Um, or publicizing our events or turn doing turnout, whatever is in the capacity of the decarcerate group. Mm -hmm. And should we try to come? Uh, we yes. Come yes. We yes. should yes. try to come yes. on March 3rd at 1 yes. p.m. Yes. City Council Chambers. We are working with Councilman Kenny. The entire slate mm -hmm. of speakers are non-citizens who are directly affected by this. Um, we have, I don't think, any like non like you know so-called experts from like an advocacy community. It's all community members who are speaking directly to the. The Public Safety mm -hmm. Committee at City Council. So it's, I think, going to be a really empowering time for people as well. So it's just a great time to um, to show your support for non-citizens in yeah. Philly. And then with the coalition, we're drafting our own executive order, so we can also, we are an, an interfaith organization, uh, and I don't know if uh, people pray here, but we're also like praying a lot to see if, if May or not will sign the executive order right there. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, how about the march that's happening at 11? Yeah, and you can also <laughs> come if you're interested in <laughs> great leading questions. Um, there's going to be a march beforehand that's leaving from South Philly, rallying outside of City Hall and going up to City Hall together. And it would also be great just in terms of um, education to tell folks that this is happening. There's been a ton of press of, around this recently, a lot of back and forth via the inquire between us and Mayor Nutter, so. Yeah, and that march is great, but yeah. it's, it's planned by our, uh, one of our coalition members, which is Juntos, so they're like, planning that march from South Philly. Where does it leave from? Uh, just like, probably 11 from. I think, it's at 11. Is it from Juntos? I think it's from the Italian market. Yeah. Oh, cool. There's an event on Facebook. I'll send out something to the Decretary internal search. Mm. Yeah, I have a question. Um, I'm curious, you, know, you mentioned some of the examples where localities had adopted uh, policies with, with more discretion or got rid of ice holes. 
Um, are you noticing a pattern? Are there certain uh, are there certain incentives or reasons why though it's tipping uh, to those decisions, or is it different in each locality, or is there is there one particular incentive that seems to be driving that? Mo like most of them I have been saying it's a public safety issue and research money research is, uh, is being spent by the city or counties and they are not getting any incentive at all to do that work mm. so yeah I don't know if you want to add something else yeah we've talked to a lot of the organizers nationally around this I think um, under President Obama deport mass deportation policies have become much 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 worse I said two million people have been deported in the past five years under him that's more than were deported in the previous hundred years combined so I think that under secure communities and these other kind of local information share programs um, were my sense is that they were shocking to localities and it took a little bit to understand what was going mm -hmm. on. It's been very much in the dark, both from the mayor to the president. Um, so ending ice holds is the place where localities can actually exercise influence to end deportation uh, because so much of that is happening at the federal level and immigration reform and an executive order to end deportation seem very, very far away. Um, so I think it took a little bit of time to regroup and some big victories to like educate people. So we're part of the national network of, and are in close communication with the national network of cities working to end ice holds. So I think hopefully it's like just reaching a tipping point and like an understanding like what the heck is going on. Because <coughs> it's been crazy. Ice, water frozen solid. ICE, Immigration and Customs Enforcement. ICE, El Yellow. Eva pasando el trapo sobre la mesa y está cuidando que todo brille como una perla. Cuando llegue la patrona, que no se vuelva a quejar. No sea cosa que la acuse de ilegal. José atiende los jardines, parecen de Disneyland. Maneja una troca vieja sin la licencia. Si fue taxista allá en su tierra natal, eso no cuenta para el tío Sam. El hielo anda suelto por esas calles, nunca se sabe cuándo nos va a tocar.
se queda ya eso pasa por salir a trabajar uno se queda aquí otro se queda ya eso pasa por salir a trabajar